Welcome back to the Not Just Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. Today, I have the lovely Ryan John Baptiste. So I know his wife very, very well, but I don't know him as well. So this is going to be a really, really interesting one because I've known of him, God, I think ever since like I came into competing. So we're going to be talking about a good mixture, I would say. Ryan's got a lot of experience in the sport. He's been a pro for God knows how many years now. He's got kids. Like he's kind of, I would say he's like one of the OGs, if I had to put it like that. One of the OGs in the UK. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. So welcome, Ryan, to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It'd be good to cover a few of the topics that we've got planned. I'm excited to share and hopefully give some good, good advice for people listening right now. Definitely. So the first thing I want to kind of delve into is your competing history, because the way you got your pro card is very, very different to how a lot of the people coming into the sport will get their pro cards now. And I think it's a really, really important like story for you to kind of tell, just to kind of give people a different perspective. So yeah, go into like how you potentially got into competing and what it looked like for you before you turned pro and what it actually took to get your pro cards in the UK. So do you want to go way back? Before? Why not? Yeah, okay, cool. So back in 2009, all right. What? 2009? Damn. You're yeah, longer, yeah. You've been going longer than I thought. Yeah, I started in 2009, so as a fitness model. So I did a competition called Fame back then, which is now called Miami Pro. But at the time, it was called Fame. Right, so that was my first competition. It was in Brighton, and I ended up just rocking up. I thought, you know, one day I was basically googling how do I get into these muscle and fitness magazines. Basically, this is how it started, and um, up pops uh, Fame 2009. So I thought, okay, what's this? I clicked on it, and it was a fitness model competition where the the winner would get featured in a spread in muscle and fitness. Okay, cool. That seems interesting. So it was like I think it was like six or eight weeks away. So I was in decent shape anyway, because I just kept in shape. Well, okay, let's just, you know, let's let's do this competition. I didn't do any prep really. I was just doing circuits and just random stuff that I was doing anyway. Um, and I rocked up um, in decent condition and I won the fitness model competition basically. And so I got ended up getting a six page spread in muscle and fitness. Uh, it was called the Overnight Sensation or something like that. Uh, I've got I've got the magazine somewhere. So I ended up that was my first ever ever competition um so that was in 2009 and from there that enabled me to compete internationally in fame the competition with fame so i went and competed in miami and i did well there first and second in a few different categories and then i and then i thought okay cool how can i take this to another level the next level so around about 2000 so i was competing with fame around from there, 2009 to about 2011. Then in 2012, I believe, stroke 13, I went onto WBFF. So I, I was fitness model WBFF. You know, I did like the qualifying rounds to, and I've become a pro. So I was a WBFF pro. So I got to a pro card in there. Um, and then I went to the Worlds twice. I got second and third, I believe, two Worlds fitness model. So that was obviously getting exhausted. And I thought, right, okay, where can I go now? At that time, there was men's physique wasn't around, right? So 2013, I think Ryan Terry won it. And that was the first time I saw saw. I was like, oh, okay, cool. What's this men's physique category? 
Uh, I wasn't too keen with like the, the like at the, at the time I was like I ain't entering that like you can't even show your legs kind of thing. But then it started to get popular. I was thinking you can actually get to the Olympia with this one. So I thought you know what let's bite the bullet and you know just let's stick on the board shorts. So um so I put the board shorts on, and at the time it was for UK BFF right where you could get your IFBB Pro card. So that was obviously that's you know the the pinnacle the top pro card that you can get personally because of the history right and where you can you know go from there so i my first competition with with, with uk bff to try and get the pro card was uh, it was called stars of tomorrow so uh, which was in um Beck Theater. so you had to qualify for the british finals a bit like a bit like today mm. but like now it was top three at the time so you had loads of different qualifying events like every month for uk bff and then top three would get qualified for the final and it's only at the british final that you get your pro card right yeah. only at the british final so i think i because i did a full week prep because i thought oh, yeah i can quickly just try and get qualified um and i got third at that show so i got third place at qualifying event so now i officially qualified for a british final but i knew that i had a lot of work to do um, even being a um a WBFF pro I knew I had a lot of work to do you know to to do work at the British finals um so I had a whole year basically so I qualified in November and the British finals was the following year September so I had a lot of time to kind of like really dig in and that would I'm gonna say that was probably my best off season ever it was very consistent with a certain two training partners and we just went in like in like I can't believe like I can't even like detail you the amount of pain I went through for that year just to try and get this pro card right mm. um, so now moving into 2014 so I've qualified for the British finals um UK BFF at the time were promoting different shows obviously qualifying events for the British finals but then they they did a an inaugural how do you, how do you pronounce it and in the inaugural inaugural that's it inaugural show which was a an Arnold qualifier mm-hmm. and I thought okay Let's see what I can do here. So I actually did that competition. This is before the British finals, and I and I came first at that show. So it kind of like put me in good stead now. Like I was, it was kind of the best of the best together at the show. So it put me up again. So it was kind of like okay, my name is now probably up there for the British finals. So I qualified for the Arnold's. I didn't do too well at the Arnold's, by the way. So I think I came like eleventh or something random. Uh-huh. But this happens. Like people realize sometimes you know you don't. I know sometimes if I've gone in and I've gone in 100% for a certain show and I know when I haven't and for that show I didn't I think I had a lot of things happening and but because obviously I committed to it I thought yeah I still got to do it but I knew I wasn't 100% so anyway I came 11th there and then um, it was like four weeks later now was a British finals 2014 and um, I thought right I've got to dig in now because this condition I brought to the Arnold wasn't good enough so I dug in I think I was on like some stupid calories for like four weeks like two hours of cardio a day um, oh my god <laughs> yeah so I went in and um because now I was a lot more focused because sometimes after losing you do very like sometimes you need to lose badly to come back take things for granted sometimes mm. and I think I did you know I went in proper hard on my diet and and, and, and training and then got to the British finals right so the British finals was, was here I was pretty nervous actually but I was in some some crazy condition like I, I've never seen myself that shredded before so I think you know I've got a decent chance here I think Lord she tell me that. I think she may have told me I think she told me in the hotel room but um <laughs> just like painted me on um I think 
believe so, yeah. But anyway, so British finals, right? So, you know, now bear in mind that there was a, about one or two qualifiers every month leading into the British finals. So, and it was top three, okay? Top three would always get qualified. In my men's physique, in the category alone, there's a hundred, I remember it's like around about 140 to 150 athletes in men's physique, right? So, and wow. then obviously you're ordered in height category. Yeah. So I was, I believe I was the tallest category. So there was 40 in my category, 40 in the other categories. There's 40 in about four different categories, uh, exactly. height categories, right? But you'd have to come first out of your 40 to then get into the overall, right? So there was a lot of people there. And I'm talking about all the names that you've got now that's still around. Some are still pro, some are pro, some are still yet to get their pro card, but they're there about. So they know what it's about. And so I won my category. Uh, I mean, it was 40 of us at the stage. It was actually three rows. It was so hard to judge. But they had, they had us on there for quite a while to judge us properly. And then, um, so I got the first place at my category. I was like, wow, okay. So now it's just me and like, it was four or five other overalls and it was tough. I remember it was me, Abe's, Abe's physique, Ben Noy. I think, I think it's, it's a quite good, it was a good overall. It was a decent overall. And um, yeah, and then literally they announced, it's just a pure out vote then, it's just a vote. It's just like who voted for who at the panel of judges, eight, yeah. seven, eight judges. And I got my pro card then. And but back then you could, that was only one, the one opportunity that you get your pro card. So if you didn't get it in 2014, your next opportunity is 2015, same month. Okay, so every September, I believe it was. So back then it was a lot harder, a lot more disappointment than success. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I was one of the, you know, the lucky ones to get it. I wouldn't say lucky, but, you know, I, I grabbed the opportunity when it, when it was to get it in early but even though i still think it was a lot harder back then uh, i'm just but i'm just thinking now like you mentioned i remember looking at watching those ukbf finals where every single class had like 30 or 40. i'm just yeah. thinking right now like what show really because there's so many federations like what show really have you got that chance to be against 40 other people no not not like no, because there's a lot more shows now i reckon yeah. so so it's a lot more diluted um but I, I would still say the quality is up there right now, though. The quality is still tough right now. It's just that there was a lot more of us back then. Um, I would say the quality was okay then, but it was just a lot more of us. Uh, but again, it's like anything. Everyone evolves at the same time. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was at the time, that was the quality. Quality has, has got better and better as, you know, people get better and the judging kind of understand what they're looking for. Um, so... You know, it, it's all relative to, to the to the era, I guess. I think um, it is so, like, important to say your story, though, with how you got your pro cards, because yeah. if you didn't get, as literally what you said, like, if you didn't get it, you can't jump into a show next week to try and get your no. pro card again. You have to wait an entire year and oh. then compete again, you know, get the same, get the top three again, and then be go you know, battle against 40 other people in the finals and then go into the overall like it's yeah. so so tough yeah. um, i remember being um i remember like after that i went to the was in nottingham i think i went out clubbing i was just standing there like 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 still just overwhelmed like what just happened <laughs> i might as well not have been there i just remember standing in the middle of a club like that <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, yeah, it's, it's like, because I knew how hard it was and the year that I put in, like all the sacrifice and time and training, it was so worth it. And I was like, I just couldn't believe it, you know, at the time. But then obviously from there, obviously I got my pro card and then my whole aim was to obviously do well being a pro and get on be at Olympia. So the, the, I managed to get to Olympia in 2016. So I had a few goals at, at, in 2015. So I didn't, I didn't do well in New York Pro. I didn't do well, um, it was another show. But then I qualified for the 2016 Olympia at the end of 2015, I believe. Yeah, Is summer arena place. So, no, I qualified, I got first place. So summer arena pro, I got first place in 2015. And then I had a whole again about nine, 10 months to, to get myself ready for the Olympia. Mm. Yeah. And so the Olympia was, you know, that was crazy. Just like qualify for, so from 2014 to getting on the Olympia stage, 2016 was a crazy journey anyway. You know, you learn a lot. But then when I qualified for 2016 Olympia, that was, I think, uh, that was that was close to getting a pro card. Mm. I think that was the feeling, I think still the feeling of getting the pro card just slightly outweighs. I think it's because it's the initial first feeling, right, of yeah. success. Because the, the qualifier for the 2016 Olympia, it wasn't a lot of us. I think it was only 10 of us. Like, obviously, we were all pros, though, so the standard is higher. Yeah. But it wasn't so, I wasn't so overwhelmed with 140 men's physique guys. You know, for me, that was a big success. Uh, but anyway, so I qualified for the 2016 Olympia. And yeah, so there's 40 of us on that stage, 41 or 40 of us on that stage. Obviously, now it's like pro level, you know, everyone's there, you know. Yeah. Um, Olympia, everyone's qualified there. Yeah? And like, so there's 40 people. I got into the second call out. There's like, I got in the second call out. I was like, okay. Bear in mind, because I like, there was a big, like, backstage, they had a proper gym. Like, all these big shows, like Olympia and Arnold, they have like pull downs, they have seat, like, it, the whole work. So yeah. that work, I think that works in my favor because I get a really good pump. And it just looked like 50% better. I mean, most people do as well, but I just go from like this stringy person to just boom. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that helps, I think. Anyway, so I got second call out and he ended, I ended up just missing out on top 10. So I got 11th, um, which was, you know, I did, to be honest, I was, I was excited to get 11th anyway, but I mean, because I was so close to top 10, you didn't get to go on stage again and do like a pose dance thing. Yeah. Um, so I missed out on that, but I was happy with that anyway, you know, uh, first one. Um, but yeah, and then I've done loads of qualifying events in between that and the qualifier for this year just gone, Olympia. But obviously, you know, I got injured prior and then COVID, and it just kind of messed up the whole kind of momentum, you know. What so happened again, with your injury for people that don't know? Yeah, so I injured my um, Achilles. It actually went snap, like you can hear it from a mile away. Um, just playing football, you know, just playing football. Uh, it was just like a training. Like I was basically just thinking, right, I want to just kind of change things up again, like in regards to my cardio. But yeah, I'm no longer 85 kg. You know, I'm a lot heavier now. And obviously the Achilles, you know, is not used to the pounding that, that it was happening. And plus when I was playing football, it was on like a really hard surface. It was near enough like concrete, basically. And that's not good if your Achilles is not used to it. And it went snap in September of last year. And I'm now just, you know, still recovering. I can, I'm obviously walking around now, but I was in a boot for ages. So that's when I should have been getting ready for Olympia 2020. 
How did that feel though? Like mentally going through that process of being getting injured and not being able to do it. Like what, um, what I think was your it, mind going yeah. through at that time? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, I I kind of like when things like this happen, I kind of just like, oh whatever. You know, that's my kind of thought process. But also because of COVID, it kind of just dampened the whole year anyway, in terms of training. Like there's no training happening. So even if I did end up going, I probably wouldn't be in the shape that I was going to be in. And I was still contemplating on going and not going anyway because of COVID and traveling and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, and then coming back because it was obviously extended into December around Christmas, I would have to come back and isolate, basically. And I wouldn't have I weren't looking to do that over Christmas. So I was kind of not going to do it anyway. So it kind of that kind of helped in a way. You know, if 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 the whole world was open for the show, and you know, I was training really hard, and then that happened. To be honest, I probably wouldn't play football. But if it did happen, yeah, I would have been annoyed. How many Olympics have you done now? Well, one, but it would have been two. Yeah, yeah. And how many shows do you think you have done over the past? I've only done seventeen. I think it was seventeen. I counted like last year. So it's not a lot. Um, and that's why, like, this is what I keep saying to people, don't just keep rolling out, rolling out these shows because you're going to, you know, there's more losers than the winners, right? In competing, there's more losers than the winners. Um, so the likelihood that you're going to lose, the, 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 the majority most lose, okay? When I mean lose, I mean from second downwards, right? So that's, right? So, so most, most people lose, even though they might feel, you know, feel good to have the second or third, they didn't win it, so... There's more of those. And if you're going to do loads of shows and you're going to keep coming second downward, you know, third, fourth, whatever, then you're going to get disappointed. You're going to get disheartened. You're going to lose the passion for it. Mm. And, and that's why I say don't do too many shows. You know, there's a lot of people that I've seen come into this industry and then like just disappear. I haven't heard the name, you know, that they've gone. So, um, and where I've only done maybe 17 or 18 shows or something along those lines, you know, that's why I think I've been in this kind of game for a long time like even taking like I've, I've taken a year off from time to time just take a whole year off still train mm. but just not like compete mm. but there was one year I, I did kind of lose the passion for it um I think it was 2017 or 18 I kind of just lost the passion so I just took a break from competing competed you know concentrating on other things and then I got that buzz back and I got that buzz back I believe I got the buzz back the year before I competed qualify for this uh, Olympia just gone. What brought the buzz back out of curiosity? What was the trigger? It was, um, I, I did a little uh, 90 day cut just for myself personally. I thought, you know, yeah, I look quite decent still. Still got <laughs> and, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I thought to myself, so I spoke to Ian, he was just starting, I think he was just starting like the two bros kind of thing, building the momentum. And um, he goes, I said, could I do a guest pose? because SciTech was sponsoring it at the time the British finals I remember so, that show yeah. yeah the guys can you do a, so I said you know do you reckon I could do a guest pose you know he goes yeah why not just do it okay so they got me into okay let's get myself in decent not competing shape by the way but um you know half decent to get on stage and do mm. a performance so obviously I don't know you might know I've done like a bit of street dance in the past and body popping yeah. and stuff so I did um so I thought let me just you know do something and I got myself into shape for that and um I thought after that guest post I was like you know what yeah um I could probably maybe compete in about six weeks time <laughs> so and it was a Romania pro 
I think it was six weeks or eight weeks of remaining pro. And um, I got second at the competition. So I thought, all right, okay. And people, a lot of people said I, I could have won that easily, you know? So, so I thought, you know what, yeah, I beat a lot of good guys at the Romania Pro. I could probably go on and keep going. So I went to Japan, got third in Japan, and then I went to, um, yeah, San Marino, and that's where I got it. So I thought, and that's what, just something small can give, give you that little buzz back mm. and confidence as well. Because I think I was, I came like fifth, like prior to losing that uh, passion, I, I, my places weren't good. I had about three or four places that weren't too good. So I think that's the main reason that disheartened me a little bit. Um, and I thought, let me just take a break from competing and like concentrating on other things. Because sometimes when you take a break, you can get your buzz back. I know yeah. that from just other things in general in life. So I thought I did that and then it came back. And, you know, and I went to qualify for Olympia, just like that, you know, just, you know, so sometimes it's not always, you know, even though you're excited to compete, you know, you're really excited, you want to get going. Sometimes just take little breaks, you know, little breaks. Don't go all in. Everyone wants a pro card. Obviously, there's loads of opportunities for it. But you still have to, like, even though you, even when you do become a pro, you know, it kind of like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change anything. You, you know, you have to still put the work in and like, you're not like, oh, I've become a pro, I'm going to become like, you know, I can just, you know, work from home and just yeah. become a coach. And, you know, you still got to really put in the work. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. Really. Mm. I remember that guest pose where you're, um, I forget, forgot which, I think both your sons got involved in there or one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, uh, uh, well, top two of it, well, because Dylan, the younger one, is pretty shy. That Preston, I, I knew that he was going to do it anyway because he's quite confident. Um, so his role was to bring on the Michael Jackson hat. Yeah. So, uh, so I knew he was going to do it anyway. But if Dylan was up for it at the time, he, would, he was going to come out and do it as well. But he didn't in the end. But I knew Preston was anyway. So I hope, you know, the, the show would still go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got them involved. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. How do you balance your competing life with, you know, being a husband, having a family, having the kids and yeah. stuff? Like, I yeah. ask Laura, right? I always ask her, like, how the hell do you do your job? and then do everything else and then have the kids like I always look to Laura and just like in shock, <laughs> please give yeah. me a handbook like even though <laughs> I haven't got kids like, I've got two dogs which cause enough bloody yeah. carnage but I always think long term like if me and Joe ever want to have a family um or whatever we plan to do I always think how the hmm, am I gonna like put yeah. that into the equation like mm. that's a different bloody game yeah. So how do you, like, what sort of things have you picked up along the, along the years with balancing yeah. the kids in it as well? So, I mean, having, definitely having um, structure is key. Mm. So you need some kind of structure. And I, I mean, like, like anything else in life, I mean, as human beings, we're pretty much, we, you know, we can survive, right? We can survive and adapt. So I think as things get so like, I think in 2012, 2014, 2014, Preston born? Yeah, Preston born in 2004. Like, bear in mind, I had a kid when I was 20, yeah? So, like, he's he's now 16. So I had a, I've had a kid from, like, day dot. Mm. Um, uh, so, but he wasn't living with me, so it was a little bit different. But I kind of had a little bit of experience of that already. But then as things adapt and, and evolve and your family, you know, new things happen, you kind of just like build things in slowly so it's not like oh your head boom you've got five kids and like oh 
you know, <laughs> it, come, it comes in gradual, right? So, yeah. but the thing is routine and structure, you know, and you have that support system. Once you know, okay, if I'm doing this, at least I've got someone to do that and look after that, and then I can do that. Um, when I'm prepping and things like that, and obviously, you know, you need, you know, you know, social events and you got, you know, you have to balance it. For me personally, I plan things in my head. I don't like, I should write things down, but if I write things down, it would just be lost. So yeah, kind of yeah. like have it in my head. All right, okay, cool. So I've got 12 weeks for this competition. There's a few events. Okay, cool. So what I'll do, I'll go hard. I'll go hard up into that event and then and I still go and eat at the wedding, you know? Mm. Or uh, I've seen people like take Tupperwares to, to weddings. I'm like, come on, like you can you can work around this, surely. You know, yeah. you can work, just do your working before. You know, one meal is not going to like change anything drastic. Mm. Um, so yeah, so having that kind of balance in your head and thinking, right, okay, I can still do that, and I can still like you. You have to think. You have to keep. You know, you have to be safe. You know, you can't. You have to be same with this. You have to still have a social life because if you don't and you start to counsel people out, then when you don't do well or you don't lose, you have no support system. Mm. You have no support system. So I like to involve people. So. I, I try and involve everyone. So if I'm prepping during the week and I'm cooking extra rice or cooking extra chicken breast, so yeah, here's some chicken breast for the kids. They'll have some chicken breast or they like all my meat. So I can have some of your meat. <laughs> so they have the meat. So they actually enjoy it. So they have, think, they have it for their dinner. So that's how I like to incorporate mm. family into my prep. Obviously, when I'm going up, getting up in the morning, doing cardio, I'll go early morning, do cardio, come back, get ready, and then get them to school. You know, so you have to work around it, but you get used to it. You get used to it. Like someone looking in, maybe, well, that's that's quite hard. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm used to living by myself and prepping myself and that's it. But it's like anything, you get used to it. Yeah. You get used to it. And like, if I was to be like, you know, single again and proud, I'd be like, this is too easy. Yeah. <laughs> too easy. I'd be winning Olympia. But um, this is, this is, <laughs> too easy but um i mean i just find it, it, it it's it just keeps you busy it, it helps keep you busy like i would hate to be at home thinking about when my next meal is yeah just like waiting around you know waiting around because that's the worst thing i like to keep busy going kids running around you know it helps it does help in in the long run um same with probably laura as well she you know she's running around all the time and then you know because i can help when she goes and does a weekend tanning i help you know the kids and then when i'm prepping and going and she helps and mm. having you know someone to help you in that sense is massive as well parents as well you, you know you got to use all your resources yeah <laughs> definitely yeah. do you do the kids ask it like ever ask you or get they're like well why like quite do you feel that they kind of take influence or really like are aware of what you're doing so they ask yeah, any questions 100 like they like straight away they say I want to be a bodybuilder when I'm older straight so they oh. they kind of get that in it like they see things and obviously they come up with those kind of you know ideas but also like sometimes when I'm practice posing they're like they're doing it as well so yeah they definitely in, in, get influenced and they, they also like even the food that I'm cooking you know it's without them knowing they're understanding what's good for them what's healthy going forward and just training in general training so they kind of you know they've been embedded with all this information about them knowing so it, it, def it definitely will influence them going forward into the future for sure mm. do um, you feel 
when you do like the school run or you have like you know your friends or you know you you know you know of people like when you are doing that school run and all that sort of thing there is a bit of a community do you find there's a bit of a strange kind of reaction um to when they find out what you do like do you find that's a little bit funny sometimes um, yeah there's some of them are like yeah but not, yeah some of them are shocked maybe like okay i didn't know you did that I don't know. I don't. It's it's quite hard. Some of them shot, but some of them can like see. You know, sometimes, you know, like you got your t-shirt on, or you know that that I do something. Mm. You know, I was to mention it, they're probably like, oh okay. I, you know, um, I can see that you train or whatever. So it's one of those ones. I mean, I mean, it's quite surprising. I mean, you think about doing the school runs and like the amount of people that do just random stuff. You just never know, do you? So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of people, some do get surprised. Oh, I didn't know you, you know, you could be internationally and stuff like that. That's interesting. Talking about internationally, then you've competed abroad quite a few times. What things do you wish you knew when you first did your international show? Good question. Um, things I knew. So yeah, so there's one thing I was thinking, oh, I should have worked this out before. So you like say if you're traveling to the US. Okay, and obviously you've got your meals prepped and stuff. I bring it with me in my bag and, you know, the food. But obviously you're going back eight hours, say, six to eight hours. I was thinking, oh, how do I now spread my food out? I'm already kind of like That's just true. eating them. <laughs> I'm just, just eating my food. Now I'm eight hours in behind, but I've still got that food in my system. So do I double up? Or, so, yeah, so you've got to think all that, you know? I never even thought of that. Yeah, of course. It's like only when you're in it, you're thinking, oh, there's a minute. What do I do now? So you, so what I, what I kind of did is, like, instead of eating every two and a half hours or two hours, I would spread it out a little bit more. But yeah, you just something like that, you know, you just don't really think. I've never <laughs> even thought of that at all yeah. ever. Like even when I've even yeah. asked people, but that's actually such an important one. Like yeah, never thought about you're consuming more food, aren't you? Yeah. You know? So yeah, so and then try and sleep on the plane. So try and sleep on the plane obviously burn because it's, it's the worst thing like wait like you're waiting and you can't eat because you're going back in time so you yeah. kind of start again <laughs> so um yeah that's one thing there's probably many more but that's one that kind of stands out for me mm. um, do you hold a lot of water when you go abroad no i'm all right you know i'm not too bad sometimes i come out more vascular get in the flight flight you know, those little like toilet checks in on the plane <laughs> and um yeah i seem to be fine you know, I seem to be fine. That's I think mainly because our legs are not being shown. So, you know, upper body, you know, you can kind of get away with it. Mainly your legs, if you're going to hold water, you're probably holding your leg. But I've, you know, I haven't got to, I've got no, I haven't got to show the legs. So, yeah, yeah. you're very good with that. So, what are yeah. your plans going forward, like for this year or the next like five years? Like, where do you see yourself from like a competitor point of view? Yeah. So, I'm looking to qualify 100% for Olympia this year. Um, so I'm going in, like whatever shows are there, like if you hear the show, I'm there, you know, so, uh, let's see how it goes. I mean, I'm going to put my, I'm, I'm putting my all in now. I've been training properly since December. Um, like, like once I was out of the boot, no, not out of the boot, once I was coming out of the boot, I yeah. thought, you know, when we're going to train. So I had a place I could train. Um, so yeah, I've been training hard since then. Um, obviously every year the competition gets a lot more stiff you get new 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 guys um but that just 
gives me more fire. I love it. You know, I really love it. Like in my head, no one outwork, no one outworks me. You know, yeah. like, in my own head. So, um, and then as long as I put in, I come in hundred percent. I'm up there. I believe I'm up there if I come in hundred percent. And that's just down to me. That's how I see it. It's down to me and being hundred percent focused. Because I know in the past when I haven't been focused or like just done too many things, I know I, I haven't. You know, I haven't turn up on the stage so you learn from your mistakes most importantly yeah so with your clients then like what from like a mindset point of view what would you say are like the biggest things that they kind of struggle with and face because it's all well I always think yeah training nutrition great but there is I do think there's such a mindset element that can sometimes can be underplayed um so what sort of things kind of come out to you when you are Prepping your prepping your clients. Um, so I have a mix of clients that go on stage. I think probably now I've got more people that are more lifestyle clients. Reason why I, I don't know. I kind of sometimes prefer to train people that that don't compete, but that's just from experience. But when it comes to prepping people for competitions, I say to you, look, this is not normal. Right? This so that's my straight away. I'm like, this is not normal. This is going to be hard. So prepare for this to be tough. And prepare, you know, I'm old school, I prepare to be, you know, like exhausted. You know, you should feel exhausted. You know, this is not normal. We don't do this every day. We didn't spend like 12 weeks. So just think of it as 12 weeks, only four months that you've got to cope with this, right? Only, you know, you know, we're gonna go in and real hard. So prepare for the worst, you know, prepare like for the ultimate worst. So anything, you know, not that bad is is a good thing. So yeah. So straight away, I say prepare, prepare for the worst. Prepare, you know, for your legs to be just like you get up in the morning, you can't walk out. You know, you can't find hard to get the energy. So I prepared my clients for the worst feeling. You know, the best. You know, I know how that feels. So, so there are some coaches out there that don't compete, and they they might have competed, but they don't do it on a regular basis. So they, you know, they might not know exactly how they feel. So I kind of try and give all my experience. Say, look, this is how you're going to feel. You know, and if you're ready, if you prepared for that right now, okay, then let's do it. You know, yeah. you need to be hundred percent focus. And I always say, look, always think about the stage. So think about those first few steps when you walk onto that stage. Mm. You know, the excitement that you're going to have if you put in the work. Because if you put in the work and you feel confident about yourself, you're not. You're kind of not really that nervous. You're more excited. Okay, so that's the feeling you want for those first few steps onto that stage so every time you you go through that kind of um you know that down phase in a prep where you just you know you might not be seeing changes or you know you get a bit stressed out just think about that stage and going up against these people having your family and friends in the audience and being excited getting on that stage have those three things in in your head so when you're going through that going through that fa- that phase that we all go through in prep um then hopefully that will bring you back and boost you um and i always say like you're gonna have times in prep where it's gonna be bad you know where you have no energy you, f- you know you feel a bit stressed because you know you're not dropping any body fat or whatever you know be prepared for that you know be prepared for like that's why not everyone not everyone competes right because it's hard you know um and some people compete and then compete too many times and they burn out so yeah you need to manage and I, I i manage that with my clients as well like i say look we'll see how you get on first 
Like there's some clients that say, look, I want to do this show. Being their first show, I want to do this show. Then I want to do this show, this show, this show, this show. Okay, okay, right. Let's just do the first show first. Yeah. And see how we go from there, you know, because you know, the, the athlete needs to summarize what happened, you know, evaluate what happened as well at the show. You know, they're only going to know that after the show, right? So yeah. it's always good to, it's good to have a plan, but it's also good to kind of just settle, concentrate on that first show first, and then we can go from there. You, I get the I get the impression that you're very, you seem very balanced and yeah. like very confident, but you've just got a bit of a level head at the same time. Like, where yeah. does that come from for you in terms of the balance and level headness and the confidence as well? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I worked in a, like I worked in a prison for ten years, so I think I I get I got a lot of skill from just managing situations. Um, I think that's where it's the base route, like from the age of 22 to 32, I worked in a prison service, right? Mm. In the young offenders. So it was quite volatile there. So you had to, like, you know, I was in situations where you've got to kind of like manage it, mm. balance out like the certain situations that, that have been put in, yeah. you know, the fight over there, there's someone to fight over there, you know, what do you do? Do you, you know, so these things happen. So I just think I've learned a lot, you know, I grew up, quite fast being yeah. in that prison environment and thinking on the spot um, and having a calming kind of personality to deal with different situations because when you're put in a situations in the prison service or any kind of volatile situation you need to be um, calming your voice is your best weapon and your whole persona and I think that's where I've got it from uh, just being able to talk to the prison and say, look, why are you doing that? You know, what, what are you going to get from it kind of thing? You know, what, what's going to happen if you do that? Always think about the consequences first and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, so I think I've got, a, you know, I've, I've built a lot of skill and people skills from that for sure. Mm. Yeah. What other lessons do you think working in the prison has given you in terms of like your perspective like on your life and with like competing as well? What sort of main things can you bring out? Always do things legally. <laughs> <laughs> Always do things legally because you don't want to be banged up behind a door because you don't think about it. So like, because I've like, I've been there for ten years, I've always think to myself, like it's so like when you think about it, it's so easy. You can get yourself in prison like that, like literally just by one mistake. Like you could be on your phone and be driving the car, and you could run some over. And, mm-hmm. Like it's so easy, right? So. <laughs> so my 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 learn my what I've learned is that you don't want to be banged behind a door with no handle. First of all, yeah. Okay? You, imagine being locked in that room and you have no handle to get out. There's no handles. Yeah, that's the worst feeling ever, right? Mm. So, so I've learned just be you know try and be a good citizen, <laughs> be a good citizen, play by the rules, play by the rules for sure. Um, yeah, those, those are my main things because you don't want, you don't want, and also, also like, also just you as a person, you know, as a person, because like you see these young people getting, get themselves in situations that they didn't need to get themselves into. It's like, but it can easily happen in any person's life, any ordinary person's life. You know, everyone loses the temper, angry, and then you could do something like that leads to something else. Mm. So, I try and be calm and just, you know, always think about, like I mentioned, always think about the consequences before you take action. Do you think, so sometimes like 
I it sounds silly when I was at A level, when I was doing my A levels, I got the opportunity to actually go and visit a prison. And I remember asking like these prisoners, like this is really funny, but very, very random insight. So we I was at a private school for the last two years of my education. So I went, we walked into this prison, we went to be getting information. And it was like low, all these, it was a kind of like a U shape with the tables. And there was a random few chairs in the corner. Every, all the other kids around me, I think they've been private school all their life, they went straight to the corner of these of these chairs. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're you need to go. I literally just chose the chair, which was like in between two of the prisoners, and I literally plonked myself there. And I was like, what up? And like I got so much information, but anyway. Um, one question I asked them was like, do you think you can change? Like, even though from your past and your background and what's been happening to you, do you think you are going to be able to change? And it was interesting people's responses around mindset. And like from the experiences that you have, like, yes, it's prison, but also it's kind of like a, a, bit, a broader mindset question. Like, do you think even though you've had potentially a rough start, or difficult things have happened to you and you've been placed in situations, do you think people can turn it around if they want to? Yeah, 100%. They're, they're in control. They're in control of everything, you know. Um, and I've seen it happen. Like, obviously, I left I left the print service in 2015. And I even get some prisoners that, that were young back then, like, message me on Instagram, say, oh, hey, Mr. Baptiste, because they called me Mr. Baptiste. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Baptiste, how's it going? And I look at the profile. Oh, I remember you. Um, he goes, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing this. I've got my own business now. I'm doing it. So a lot of people do, you know, because especially being young, like I'm, if I remember 20 years ago when I was young or 15 or whatever, like my mindset was completely different, completely different, you know, and it changes when new people come into your life, going through uh, situations um new situations and you just evolve over time and so definitely like if you had you know a bad start that's only a bad start start mm. that's the key words to start you've got so much like, years left to change that and, and that's the best opportunity because you've got so many years in front of you to change it like you're in a great great opportunity to change change and this is why i used to say to us look you have so much you know you're young now yes you've made mistakes just please learn from it. And in five years, 10 years time, you can do what I've done, you know? And I used to, cause I was basically in the print service. I was working in the gym. Yeah. So I was in the gym department and I would teach them level two qualification fitness and level three. So I was, I was a tutor for that. Yeah. So my aim was to give them a qualification. So then when they get out, they can then like try and apply for gyms and stuff like that. Um, and I saw a lot of success from that. So, a lot of people, a lot of them kind of looked up to me because I was young, I was 22 when I first started. Mm. And I got in a gym at 23. And I was there from 23 to 32. So I was quite young and like, I kind of like know where they're coming from. I, used, I was, you know, I grew up in East London, Walthamstow. So I kind of like know what it's all about, right? Mm. So I could relate to them as well. So look, if you want to be where I am right now, just do this, do this and this. Like, I know how it is. I used to go to school in this, this school. I used to do that, I used to do mm. that. Um, so like me 10 years ago at the time, I was thinking to myself, I, I said to them, look, I was, I was probably borderline where you are right now. Yeah. I was probably borderline, but I didn't cross that line because my yeah. mom was very strict. And, um, but where you are now, you just, just reel it in, you know, hang around different people. That's the key. 
and and then gradually just have different goals because at the time their goals is to you know do this and do that change it and then i've had success where, where you know people like one guy here was like a gym orderly meaning that he would work in the gym clear up and stuff and he's now just doing all sorts so like obviously on the positive so there are definitely people can change they just need to want to change mm. and and not want that life you know mm. and yeah, it's definitely and it's and it's a bit like i mentioned it's the best opportunity to do when you you know when when you're young when when you're young because you have so much years ahead of you to change but they don't see it at the time because they're, they're sitting in the present mm. but there's so much opportunity in front of them but if they can open their eyes and their mind to that then they can go far for sure i love that perspective is everything would you go back to the prison service at all yeah yeah, I'll go back and visit. Like I can go, like I can get an invite back and like talk to the prisoners for sure. So you know, I, I'm definitely open for that. You know, show them, you know, even just like do a little talk to them, show them some exercises, new exercises they can do in the gym, and kind of tell my story in terms of like how you can, what you can do. Because when I was, because I was obviously in the prison, I was competing as well at the same time. Mm. So you know, they they saw that and I was getting in magazines and they would get magazines sent into them anyway. Oh, Mr. Baptiste, you're in the magazine. You're in the magazine. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so they kind of looked up to me. So I tried to give them as, as much advice. Um, and some of them, you know, you can see they've done quite well with it, you know. I love that. So, yeah. I love yeah. that. That's so interesting. I'm so glad I asked you about the prison service. That was so interesting. Um, yeah. so Did you know I, I worked there before? Did you, know I, Did you know I worked in the prison service? Yeah, I knew you were. Oh, okay. I think... You, was you and Laura in the same sort of department? Uh, yeah, she was um, a different department, but yeah, would cross paths for sure. Yeah. How tough was Laura in the workplace? No, she was. She wasn't that. She wasn't tough at all. I mean, she wasn't. As in, she wasn't. I mean, she would. She was quiet. But um, actually, she got a side where she would, you know, be a bit stern. But she generally, you know, because they would her her dealings with the prisoners were positive. So, you know because they're coming to her for help, yeah, to, to do things on the out. Um, she would never really get the attitude, I don't think. She didn't need to be tough. Mm. But, um, there are times where obviously if you're walking in prison and whistling or, uh, you know, then obviously, you know, you, you, you give them the look maybe. But um, I think in that case, she would probably, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see Laura in that environment. I don't know why, because yeah. she's so good at like, to be fair, you're, I can see where you both like get on well. You have like similar sort of traits because she's very calm, but she's yeah. like she's firm when she needs to be. But she's great. Like she's yeah, got yeah, like yeah. very nice like calming temperament. She's very balanced like you as well. So oh, yeah. <laughs> so last question I want to give you. Obviously, what makes you not just a bikini girl is the fact that you're not a bikini girl. But what makes you not just like a men's physique competitor so like what other things like aside from like the competing life like who is Ryan basically okay I like to do like loads of different things because I just get bored I mean I've realized that I just jump from one thing to another sometimes but apart from the training and competing and like even training clients I do other stuff on the side so currently like if I go to <laughs> if I go to mo my most recent thing that I'm doing right now, I've got mm -hmm. my screen over here that is is looking at me. I do like for the last I've studied how to do trading, basically trading cryptocurrency. Oh wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, so I've been I did, I did a course on it like a month ago, and I'm kind of worked through the course now. 
and I've now live trading. Um, so I've got the display up there. Um, and it's very interesting because like, I can just sit here and just make money. Like literally, like I'm doing it right now, right? So it's crazy what there is out there. And I've always got a mindset of, and, and just a process of trying to get different revenue income from different things. Um, so that's one, obviously, clients obviously to help people posing so I, I do like i like to do different things as well um on top of that i like I'm a, i like games like xbox and playstation stuff like that so yeah. i do tend to play that but i have to manage that because i can get pretty addicted to it so i've learned how to get away from that to do other things that kind of you know take over the time mm. um but i'm a pretty g- avid gamer um, just from being young and growing up playing games all the time. Yeah. So I've got Xbox there. Obviously, we just bought a new 65-inch um, TV. Nice. So, <laughs> so smashing that out on there now and again. But, um, but yeah, that's mainly it. That, um, I like a lot of chocolate and cookies. Um, which, which sometimes, I mean, I think that I went through a period where I would prep Monday to Friday and then Saturday would be like just silly eating. And mm. I don't think that was good. So I've had to manage that as well, by the way. Mm. Uh, and it can happen to a lot of people that prep. So I found that, that you just binge for a day and then, then go back. I don't think that's healthy for the mind. Mm. But uh, So I've kind of had to manage that. But anyway, but, um, but yeah, I like cookies and stuff like that. But yeah, that's mainly it. Um, God, that's enough. That's loads. I love that though. I know even yeah. I didn't even know you did like any sort of trading or anything like that. Like yeah, yeah, I've got the screen up here. Like like this, it, it looks complicated, but it's not. Mm, once you know, you kind of just can roll with it. Say again. I say once you know like what you're doing, you can kind of just roll with it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, you can just literally just roll with it, and like I always say to people, like people struggling with jobs and stuff, like if you just learn something like this, like you can do it sitting at home. You can do it wherever you are in the world. And like if you had a night out today and you wanted to like cover it, you just quick, do a quick trade, obviously if you know what you're doing, and then just draw it out and go clubbing or whatever. <laughs> like literally, it's that easy, you know? Um, but yeah, so I always say to like people, try and broaden the mind a bit and learn something else as well as what you're doing. Because sometimes if you're too, you know, if you're too involved in one thing and that goes messed up, that goes up in the air, then... You need something to kind of fall back on, something to also something to distract you from it as well. It's always yeah. good to have some um, some distraction, you know, in in and amongst being prepping and doing all that kind of jazz. So, mm. and I find that makes me, you know, when I'm dieting really hard, it kind of helps me take my mind off the food as well. A positive yeah. distraction, yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. Basically. I like that. Well. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. That was a really, really interesting episode, actually. We've covered loads of different stuff. So I hope yeah. everyone listening um, has enjoyed that. I will leave Ryan's details below so you can connect up with him. But yeah, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. Um, hopefully some of the listeners got some kind of info or motivation from it. That'd be great. Right, definitely. But we'll see you guys in the next episode.